Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Big Nasty. Yeah, Big Nasty. All Fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother! When you hear the sound of the trunk, we'll be saying, here we come. Yeah, here we come. Hey, here we come. Check out, man. We're good. Kicking these balls. and you're missing out. It is the Cannon Fire Podcast coming back at you for episode 71. What a great day to be a Buccaneer fan. The Buccaneers traveled out west to kick off one of the hardest road stretches in franchise history. And what did they do, Evan? They put up 55 points on the defending NFC champions... Something that you and I did not think that they were going to be able to do. We kind of talked about how the Bucs had a chance to win this game. Don't get me wrong. Any given Sunday in the NFL. But I didn't think it was going to be in this magnitude. And uh, there was a lot that transpired Sunday afternoon. And we're going to break down as much as we can here today on the show. But welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. If you're new around here, I am your host, Rhett. Joined alongside me, as always, my good buddy and co-host, Mr. Bucks Football, Evan. And Evan, like I said, a very, very good day to be a fan of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. How are you doing, my friend? Good. Um, One question. Okay. What was that? I, <laughs> I, I don't know what that was. It truly that was one of the probably one of the craziest like games that like I might have ever seen like uh, like obviously I've seen like crazy games in the NFL but right. like regarding the Buccaneers that might be like one of like the the craziest ones. Well, a franchise record fifty five points. I've been calling it the Derek Brooks special. We went to L A, served him up the Derek Brooks special, <clears throat> dropped fifty five, and yeah. Like you said, nothing that I ever thought I would see, especially against the L.A. Rams, um, a, a team that nobody can overlook, and we certainly didn't overlook them one bit because if you listen to the game preview, uh, I, we were both a little nervous about this game. And 
I actually ended up going out. Our buddy James, Mr. Bucks Nation, had a watch party at a Buffalo Wild Wings in the Bay Area. I met him out there. There were quite a few people out there as well. And first thing I said when I got there was like, man, I'm nervous. You know, I, I truly don't know what to expect. And uh, what we got was a Buccaneers win to put them back up at 500, 2-2. Two and two. Um, What a way to set the tone for this road <coughs> trip, man. We don't know what it was, but it was very entertaining, and it accounts to a win. And uh, I'll say a good team win at that, because the Buccaneers proved to me today that they can win. I mean, I will go on record and say, I think if they steamrolled New York last week, I think if 28-10 to 10 at halftime turned into 35-14, to 14, or, well, 35-13, to 13, I don't think this win would have happened. I truly don't. But, I mean... Like, okay, but, like, why? I don't know. I, I don't know. And I think the biggest narrative that I saw for this game was the Bucks going into this just hungry for redemption. They were pissed off that they lost the game against the Giants because everyone was pissed off. Yeah, I mean, I it, you know, you got to go in and you've got to prove yourself. And I think this team set the tone for what is going to be a Bruce Arians football team in Tampa. We say that week in and week out, but truly and honestly, Dirk Cutter's football team would not have won that game, especially after losing an embarrassing game at home to the New York Giants. It's just a different mentality, and I think these guys have finally bought in to what has to happen. Now, there were a lot of great things that happened on Sunday. Um, there was also some things that need to be fixed and some, some glaring problems, and of course we'll get to those. But let's break down some of the best things to happen from Sunday's win. So, so much to go over. Like I said, a franchise record, 55 points. That's great. You love to see it. The Rams not, defense. Not going to lose many games when you score 55. I'll let you know <laughs> yeah, right now. Yeah, you're really not going to lose many games when you score 55. And the Rams defense, they were, I believe, top five headed into this game. So, that was a big question mark as well, was kind of how this <clears throat> offense could make it work. And uh, let me throw some stats at you because this will answer any questions you may have had about that Bucks offense. Jameis Winston, 28 for 41, 385 yards, four touchdowns, and an interception. Was a pick six, and uh, it did come at a fairly crucial time in the football game. And I'll be honest, Evan, when that pick six was thrown and Marcus Peters walked it right into the end zone... I was like, all right, the Bucks are not going to win this game. I I'm hopeful. Yep. I, said I, it, I was with you. I said it last week on the show. I am the eternal optimist. I love watching uh, this team with hope. It, you know, if people would see some of our text messages back and forth during games, yeah, you <laughs> you people would believe that that he is the he is the one of the most optimistic fans. You've got to be. You've got to be. I've. I've said it before on the show. Listen, I'm not optimistic. I'm not so optimistic to lose sight of the realistic things. Because, yes, there were some problems in today's loss. Some some glaring problems, especially on the defensive side of the ball. We'll get into those later. Yeah. Well, being, being there's a difference between being optimistic and being, like, hopeful. Like, I, I feel like you, like, you're a little bit optimistic, but you're also hopeful. Like, you're not, like, a full-on optimistic person is just going to think that the Bucks are going to win every game by 30 points. And, no, uh, you I, know, I James Winston is going to win the NFL MVP. And, like, there's just, there's there's a big difference. And, and obviously, I'm not saying that, that you're, you know, you're not that way because 
obviously, if you guys go back and look at our season prediction show, which now we are over four on game picks. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Like, I don't think I've ever been more proud to be over four. I mean, I, I mean, they're in the same exact spot you thought they'd be. Like, it's just it just switched the games how around. They got there. Yeah, yeah. It's just different how they got there. So they'll probably beat New Orleans and then they'll lose to Carolina to be three and three at the bye week, like I predicted. I, I mean, listen. Like you said, I am the eternal optimist. I try to be hopeful for this team because I've said it on the show before. If you don't have hope, really, what do you have when you're watching Buccaneers football? Um, because I want to enjoy it as long as I possibly can. But Evan, my man, on the Twitterverse, you are widely regarded as someone who is not very optimistic about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because... I, I- because there's, there's, I believe in momentum. Like, no, I get it. There's, there's I, no way that, like, there was something that, like, blowing that game was that, like, you knew twenty one nothing was not going to hold up. No, like, we, like, you knew that wasn't going to hold up. We had seen it. I, I was talking, and by the way, another person who was out at this watch party with us was Tommy. You might know him on Twitter as All Hands Galley. He's got a YouTube channel as well, All Hands Galley. Uh, but Tommy's probably one of the funnest people I've ever watched a football game with. For two hours, we were the loudest people in Buffalo Wild Wings, and we had a great time doing it. Um, he actually pulled out a J.J. Watt maneuver. He was uh, When we were stressing, sweating, pacing back and forth, he slammed a chair on the ground, and he whacked what? himself in the... He, he, listen, <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, but he whacked himself in the face with it, and he cut his nose right here. He cut the bridge of his nose oh, and was bleeding. Boy. He wasn't gushing blood. But this it reminded guy's... me of that moment when J.J. Watt runs out of the tunnel and whacks himself yeah. in his face with his helmet and then ends up bleeding. Oh, man. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, aside from all of that, Tommy was a great guy to watch the game with. And, and we had said going into halftime, Buccaneers led by – or well, Buccaneers had 28 points, and they were in a comfortable position. But I, I looked at him, and I said, we've seen this before. I want to mm-hmm. see how this team finishes. And uh, we ended up seeing it. Like we keep saying, mm-hmm. 55 to 40, the final score. Well, they almost ended up. Yeah. Like, it, it uh, was. It like, was I mean, very, they, got very out, close. they got outplayed like, in, the, in the second half. There were a, a bunch of times where they got outplayed. Like, the Rams, you know, at halftime, when you have 17 points and you end up with 40, like, that, that's a good bit. Um, yeah. Oh. And, you know, and the Buccaneers, I mean, they end up with 20, you know, with 28 at halftime, which is the same as last week. Um,. And then, you know, end up with 55. I mean, I didn't really predict that. Uh, a franchise record now. Um, so, basically, I, I wanted to share one one text that, that you had sent me. Okay. I'm, uh, I'm ready for this one, I think. <clears throat> it was... Uh... I know there was a period of time that I stopped texting you because, m- my friend, there was a point where I was still confident that we were going to win this game. And I was not going to let... Your realistic outlook, because Evan, it, that's what I love about you, man. You're a realist, and we need more yeah, people yeah. like you. But, like I said, if you don't have hope, you don't have anything in my book when I'm watching this team. I want to enjoy oh, I, it. I had hope because I, I was telling people, like, you know, the Bucks were getting 10 points on a lot of betting sites in in like in like this game i was like pick the bucks like yeah this this game even if it's a close. even if it's a five dollar buy-in turn around yeah, just, and make your money anyways so i had just texted you and i said you know call me whatever you want but nothing the bucks have done in the past leads me to believe they won't blow this game i think it was close to halftime um i think it was a little after halftime 
Yeah, and, and then and I said, I, I'll admit, I said, so yes, I don't think the Bucks are going to win. I, I texted that at 549. You replied at 552. That said, in the past, right? Basically, so, like, in the past, they won't blow this game. And I replied, it was it was last week. Oh, like, it definitely like, was. It, it, it would be different if it was, like, last year, two years ago. This was last week. So, the the fact that they went out and the offense, I, I think the offense was more impressive um, than the defense being able to, you know, get, get a key, you know, strip sack. Um, that I semi-predicted. Well, here's yeah, the thing. Get in that a little bit later. I said yeah. I predicted that with a text from to you. Oh no, we um, said it. We said it directly on the show. I believe. I think it was at the very end of. Uh, yeah, but it was. I, I said Nadamakin Sue was going to get a sack, and then I texted you at six fifty six because you said Jamison Mike just called game, and I was like, mm. so I said I'm hoping my prediction comes true, and Nadamakin Sue calls game after a strip sack. So he didn't get the sack, but he got the strip and went in for the touchdown. So I'll give myself like half cap credit there. On that last, and that was the icing on the cake for this game. That was when we knew the Bucks were going to win. Was Shaq Barrett getting the strip sack and Indomitian? I mean, be honest, too. like you pretty much thought the Rams were going to go down and tie it, right? Oh, I definitely thought this game was going to go in overtime. Me and James were sweating. Everybody was pacing back and forth, and when Indomitian took it and ran into the end zone. I took a lap running around. I was screaming my head off running around this restaurant with my hands in the air because I was so happy to witness what I had just seen. And you know what? They actually clocked Indomitian Sue at like 18 and a half miles per he hour. Is, he was pretty that quick. That big boy was moving. I Vita didn't Vita think Vita he was going to make it to the end zone. Vita Vea was quick as well. Vita Vea yeah. caught right up. Those boys were moving. And uh, that was probably the most exciting play of the day. And I'm sure for Indomitian Sue, a former Ram, that was great for him as well. But... Overall, a good team win, and yes, there are some things in this defense that we kind of need to talk about, and then we'll talk about some other things as well. Um, but let me toss some more statistics at you. We'll talk about the offense, and then we'll break down the defense, good and bad. So, Jameis Winston, 28 for 41, 385 yards, four touchdowns, and one interception. A costly pick six, but didn't lose us the game. Chris Godwin, 12 receptions, 172 yards, and two touchdowns. He's yep. on pace to have a 1,000-yard season. And he was listed as a game-time decision with a hip injury and was told that he was going to tough it out, you know, and what a performance. Yeah. What – I mean, like you said, what a performance, but just what a showing from a guy like Chris Godwin. You really love to have guys like that on your team who can step up when needed. And yeah. it's, well, it's exactly what you like to see. There there was a time, I don't understand the Rams' defense. There was a time when the Buccaneers were down Brashard Perryman and Mike Evans, and they still could not cover Chris Godwin. Like, I, I don't know, like, I thought the Rams' defense, I mean, and they have been. Like, it's not that I thought, it's like, I knew the Rams' defense was better than that. Like, yeah. like come you got one receiver. The other receivers on the field are Bobo Wilson, Justin Watson, Scotty Miller. Like, who's scared of those guys? Like, exactly. Um, well, like, a, how could they not cover Chris Godwin? And I just think, like I said, it's a heck of a performance by Godwin, but this, this Rams defense, man, I don't know. I, I, the Bucks offense might have turned the corner, but the Rams defense just got picked apart by by this team. Absolutely. And, and I mean, you weren't the only one who thought that this Rams team was going to be better than they were. Um, I swear to God, every single commercial break that you came back from, 
Oh, well, your TV is not broken. The Buccaneers are on top of the Rams <laughs> right now. I could not stand hearing that from Chris Myers and whoever the hell else was Chris up Myers is bad. Chris Dude, Myers is very I bad. I don't understand. Like, sometimes when you're calling a football game, I know bias can come out, but I have never heard Chris Myers more excited for a touchdown than when Marcus Peter took it in for a pick yeah, six. He should be a Tampa guy because you would think, he right? The Bucks preseason games. You would think he'd be a Tampa guy. He's got Rondé in the booth with him most of the time. He's around Tampa culture. He, I mean, would... he did. He did get pretty hyped with the Mike Evans touchdown. I'll admit. Oh yeah. That. Oh yeah. It, I, everybody was hyped, man. Mike Evans. <laughs> he turned around. He walked the that thing. That, yeah. Oh man, that was Which a thing. May or of may beauty. not have led to that interception, but. That was a thing of beauty. And we'll, yes, get the big into, six. we'll get into that, though. You got any more stats to throw at me here? Yes, sir. What? Yes, sir. So Mike Evans, the man we just talked about, four receptions, 89 yards, and a touchdown. Shaq Barrett, <laughs> two QB hits, one sack, one, one interception. Fumble, and one interception. Why does this man not have a contract with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now? Well, he does for this year. I know, but, like, why have they not extended him? That needed to happen by halftime of the game. Hey, you mean the game last week or this week? No, the game this week. It, I mean, absolutely, it should have happened last week, but there's no reason he shouldn't have been signed to a long-term extension. I mean, this I mean, week. He, just, he does it all. Like, I, he has man, shown I've never us. seen anything like it. I've never seen anything like it. He's on one of the hottest hot streaks Dude, for a defensive lineman I've ever seen. He is on a tear. And, you know, we talked about – I, I, I noticed and I kind of like how everyone on Twitter and social media is like, yeah, I was right about Shaq Barrett being good. Nobody said he wasn't going to be good. Nobody oh, said he yeah. wasn't going to come here and play well. Everyone is so proud that they said that Shaq Barrett's going to be a good free agent acquisition, and that's great. Be proud of your takes. I'm proud of Isn't mine when they are good. correct. But – we knew this guy was going to be a force. Did we know he was going to be a force to this degree? Absolutely not. The Buccaneers didn't know that. Like, there's no way through right. four games that if you, you know, like if you told the Buccaneers, yeah, Shaq Brett's going to have nine sacks and a pick and a bunch of forced fumbles, and they're like, no, he's not. Like, and, and that, he could very well, he could very well get the the NFC Defensive Player of the Week again. Like, I believe it's very four, possible. I believe four forced fumbles on the on the year is his total now four games like that's but ridiculous that is ridiculous and at this point i've kind of seen it floating around um but if you give me a choice between jpp and shaq barrett right now oh. <laughs> shaq barrett easy as shaq much Barrett's as four years four or five years younger than jpp as like, much this as isn't hard as much as we love JPP, and honestly, as much as I'd like to see him remain a Tampa Bay Buccaneer next year, if the Bucks have found their answer with Shaq Barrett and he can stay healthy and continue to produce, which I believe he can, then I think we are very, yep. very set at the edge rusher position because mm -hmm. next to him you've got Carl Nassib, who pissed me off quite a bit, actually. Hey, uh, I'll get into that a little bit later, but yeah. the refs were not that great either. But The refs were not that great either, but... Uh, we'll get into that a little yeah. bit later. Yeah. But we'll get into um, that a little bit. You got later. any other stats to throw at me? Or? Last stat I can throw at you. It's for the uh -oh, Buccaneers I think defense. I, know. I think I know. It's for the Bucks defense. Oh no, not what I was thinking. Yeah. Okay. You can throw yours out here in a second, but the okay. Bucks defense four takeaways. Yeah. You won the turnover battle. I mean, yeah. that's exactly what you've got to do to win a football game. And, yes, this game yeah. was so much closer than it should have been when you're looking at the sheer numbers. Jared Goff, three interceptions, four takeaways for the Bucks defense. Uh, I mean, these guys were 
not dominating, but putting up ridiculous numbers. Uh, you would have thought it'd be a little bit not as close of a game, basically. Um, but, I mean, either way, a, a fairly solid performance from the defense. Again, there is a, a, wow. a major flaw, and we'll get to that in a second. Uh, but what was your stat line? Mackey was 9 for 9. Yes, he just was. Saying. I mean, and including the 58-yarder that went into the net, I'm just saying. Hey, like, all he and a had... lot of people were saying, like on Twitter and stuff, they are like, you know, like, and that's why I really wasn't pushing a panic button because I'm still confident enough in Matt Gay to where I believe that that 34-yarder at the end of the Giants game, I believe he's going to make that more than he's going to miss it. So, like, yeah. that's why the Bucks still had confidence in him, and it paid off. Like, if the Bucks just – if you go on just emotional decisions, Matt Gay's not their kicker anymore, and he does not, doesn't go nine for nine. So, right. he's You fine. bring back Cairo Santos, and he misses two of those. Cairo Santos is in Tennessee. Can't he do that? Oh, yeah, that's very, very true. I <laughs> forgot about that part. But, um, but yes, Matt Gay, and it's very, very important for him as a rookie – Keep that in mind. Uh, I'm not saying that as a kicker, he's allowed to have games like last week, but as a rookie kicker, I can kind of accept them, uh, especially when they don't lose them the game, but that one did, so it's harder to get yeah, over. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but the most important part of it is the way that he did bounce back this week because that shows that he's kind of got his confidence back and all he had to do was change his fucking cleats. <laughs> just not where the neon cleats. That, that, that's all you had to do. Just not where the neon and cleats. Man, man, Rhett, Rhett said a bad word there. I sure. I actually let that one slip. I'm still in. Uh, I'm still in game mode here. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, I'll, I'll uh, maybe I'll go back and like bleep that one out. Who knows? But cool, um, ex explicit sign next to the podcast. Yeah, tonight. I'll, I'll hey, end up. I'll, do, I'll end up doing that one. But uh, a great <laughs> day for Matt Gay, and you love to see it from him because, uh, like you said, I'm confident in this kid and. I think we're going to have a kicker. I, I think we do have a kicker. I think yeah, he's just he, got to get. Fine. Yeah, he's fine. He's fine is basically what we're trying to say. So we've talked about the good. Let's talk about some of the things that jumped out and uh, some of the things that have to be fixed because there are quite a few things on this defense. Well, maybe not quite a few, but there are some things on this defense in particular that have to be fixed. Um, and I don't want to equate it all to the secondary because there's bits and pieces here and there. Yeah. The secondary is definitely one of the biggest things that you look at. Uh, but I almost want to relate it to Todd Bowles and his obsession <laughs> with calling blitzes. Because, oh, yeah, my God. Because, yeah, they're great, but the Buccaneers blitzed a lot against I L.A. I swear, it was, there, was, there was a time where there was like almost like – I was like, stop. Like, <laughs> Stop. You like, know, honestly, like your your secondary isn't that great, and you're putting them on an island every time you blitz. Like, just just stop. Right. Well, and that's the big thing is you put those guys on an island, you make them vulnerable when you blitz. Um, but some of the things that we had seen were some safety blitzes, and mm. those were the definition of hit or miss. Uh, Jordan Whitehead, he had two of those where he was sent right up the gut into the gap he got to the quarterback didn't make yep. the sack but two of those got the he, deflection two of those he put his hand up got the deflection on the football but the one that he didn't hit home and he didn't deflect the football it was a touchdown Which so one? um oh god I don't there's remember. so many touchdowns it's hard to remember right and that's the big thing about this game there's so much going on so much scoring um i don't remember exactly when it was but i remember watching it happen because okay. we were talking I'll look, I'll about, back and look. yeah, it, you, you'll go back and take a look. You'll find, uh, you'll find the one I'm talking about. Um, but there was just, 
there was a lot of that situation where you blitz a guy and everybody else is left wide open and you give up big chunks of yardage in crucial times of the football game. And that's, I think, what ultimately led the Rams to getting back into this game. Yeah. Wow. I'm still going to be on a stance that the Bucks will the Bucks defense is going to be it's going to be hurt until they get a true number 1 cornerback. Like yeah. and I'm not and I'm not I'm more normally I'm more focused on like trenches, like build the defensive line can make up for a bad secondary. Well, Stephen's line was okay today, but they just still like MJ Stewart was bad. Carlton Davis just looked right. disinterested. MJ at times. Stewart had one big pass breakup. <clears throat> yeah, um, but aside from that, he he was not and looking very good in the slot. Ver- Vernon Vernon Hargis was okay. Like he didn't get targeted as much as those two. Um, so like when you're not getting targeted, I mean it's a good thing. So yeah, um, I mean he was okay. He allowed a few, but. Um, I still just think they, they need a number one corner. And no, that's not Jalen Ramsey. But um, you <laughs> Well, know, a guy we I, had brought up before, still, a name tossed around, if you're looking at names to bring in this coming offseason. Yeah, um, I'm not talking about midseason, guys. Like that, That's not going to happen. Right. The Bucks are not going to make a huge signing to get a number one corner during the season. But at the end of the season, when you have over 65 mil plus in cap space, mm-hmm. maybe you can look into bringing a guy like Xavier Rhodes to Tampa. Or Patrick Peterson. Yeah. Or Patrick who, Peterson, depending on who, where he's at. You know, according to, you know, J.C. Cornell, who's pretty plugged in, you know, Bruce Arians had thought uh, about bringing in Peterson. He didn't, like, call Arizona or make an offer, but, like, that was something he had talked to Jason Light about. Like, like he wanted, that's something he might have, like, he wanted to, to think about. Um, and, and he brought it up, and they, they decided that um, maybe Arizona's price was too high at the time. But, um Yeah. Peterson would be a great fit. Like Bruce Arians loves him, Todd Bowles loves him, and he'd be their number one corner, and it'd be a really good fit. Absolutely, and th- and that's the biggest thing that I took away from today, is that if this team had a competent secondary, because I'll say the first two games they looked okay, they looked fairly solid. Oh but yeah, 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 they looked good. They were going up against Jimmy Garoppolo and Cam Newton, who we now know is a shell of his former self. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, but then t- when they go up against Danny Dimes, baby. Oh man. Oh man, I, I, I'm still mad. I actually got into a screaming match with a coworker of mine today at work. <laughs> um, there, there's this new guy. I, I don't remember his name, but we're walking by. We're talking about something, and then I remember I casually asked him. I'm like, "Are you a football fan?" And he's like, "He's like, yeah, man, go Giants, baby." And I was uh-huh. like, "Oh, dude, f off." <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, I just didn't want to talk about it. And then I ended up talking about it because. Some other guy butted in and was like, man, you know, I think Tampa could really be a contender if they got rid of that quarterback they have. He's just not the answer, man. And I'm like, okay. Like, I I shouldn't have gotten myself as worked up as I did, but it was game day. I was feeling passionate. I was getting my head in the game, getting ready for L.A., and and I had to to spit some knowledge about our quarterback. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So, um, at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Uh... (laughs) But yeah, this secondary needs some help, and yeah. I, I think it'd be nice to see Todd Bowles drop these guys back into coverage every now and again. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Well, well, this one, like, out of like the the first four games, like this is probably the the most like the best offense they're gonna face. So yeah, like that there that's some hope. Like there, there's that's like the one like glimmer of hope I think P- 
people are going to have for like the secondary is that this is probably the best offense they're going to face. I mean, New Orleans is good right now, but you know, with Drew Brees out, they take a little bit of a step back. Yeah. Uh, Carolina is hit or miss every week. Like today, they weren't that great. Yeah, last week they were good. It, it all depends. You don't even know who's going to be a starting quarterback for that game. Um, but then, like, the Rams, you know, they got Jared Goff and Todd Gurley and Robert Woods and Cooper Cup and Brandon well, Cooks. And, and, you know. and we saw, I think, a guy who picked us apart the most today at the receiver position was Robert Woods. I felt uh, like yeah, I saw Robert him. Uh, I felt like I saw him more than any other Rams yeah. receiver. But I mean, Actually, I swear, like, let me look up his line because I, I, didn't, I didn't see his stat line. I knew Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup was quiet in the first half, but then sort of came alive in the second half. And Brandon Cooks was fairly quiet all game. Yeah, Brandon Cooks was fairly quiet all game. And while you're looking for the stat for Robert Woods, let me throw out a stat uh, to kind of talk about this team and defending the run because that's something else we talked about was the Rams coming in with Todd Gurley, a very high-profile running back. Uh, On defense, the team held the Rams to just 28 yards on the ground. Um, and this just proves that the run defense the Bucks have is elite. Well, There's really yeah, no other. I, I don't know. I don't know because they only ran up eleven times. Like they did. They, they did. They don't get me wrong. But I saw Jared Goff threw the football sixty-eight times. Today. He did. He did, and he threw. And that's one of the biggest reasons he threw for over five hundred yards. Yeah, like but, everybody's gonna look at that and be like, "Oh my guy threw for over five hundred yards." But I probably thirty of it was in garbage time. And when you throw the ball sixty-eight times and complete forty-five passes, yeah, I think you're going to your well, average. Your average yards were seven point six. Like, well, then let me say this about the Rams' offense and the way that they treated the run today. Um, I, I kind of saw something similar we've seen with Tampa Bay in years past, where. After running the ball eleven times, they're like, "Damn, this isn't working," and they gave up on it. And well, I mean, but, that's but the Rams didn't even really do that. Like, they came out throwing, just like throwing the ball. And then there was one drive where it was the Levante David interception. They yeah. ran the ball. They ran the ball two times, and it got four yards. And then on third and six, Jared Goff throws that pick. Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, Robert Woods had an absolute monster of a game. Uh, 13 receptions for 164 yards, no touchdowns. Uh, Cooper Cup, nine receptions for 121 yards and one touchdown. Uh, Brandon Cooks, who's their other like main receiver, six receptions, 71 yards, so a decent day. Um, and you know they they did better as the game went on, but at first they started they struggled to cover uh, tight end Gerald Everett. Yeah, they and were, they had, were uh, using him to abuse us. He had uh, five receptions for 44 yards and a touchdown. So uh, Todd Gurley had 16 yards, five attempts, but he had two touchdowns. He had two he rushing touchdowns. He did. So, and the like, one, a good, it's a good fantasy day, I guess. Yeah, and, and I mean the one touchdown that he did have was exactly the run that I had talked about on the preview where he'll just kind of show up, he'll run through two people and pick up a first down, but in this case it was a touchdown. Um, and he just showed up, and he just exploded right up the middle and ran somebody over to get into the end zone, and that's Todd Gurley. He's not going to do that every snap like he did his MVP caliber season, but he's still Todd Gurley. And uh, I still think overall, even though we saw much less of a run game from L.A., yes, only 11 attempts, um, Buck still did a good job, and I, I think the uh, run yeah. defense I mean, did their did. job. I think they did all that we could have asked Ooh. of them. LA, that's the reason LA didn't run because like they, they knew like Tampa Bay is good at stopping a run. Oh yeah, and they're gonna have to be good again because Alvin Kamara is coming up next, and you got to stop him. And he has been a killer for the Bucks. Alvin um, Alvin Kamara is probably I, I think overall he's 
my favorite, well, not favorite to go up against, um, but my best running back in the NFL. And that's like including oh, Saquon Barkley. Best. best. Is he better than. Oh, no. I'm, I won't say that he's head and shoulders better than Saquon <sighs> Barkley, but dude, Alvin Kamara is even more of a dual threat than McCaffrey is. Whoa. Yeah? So what's your take? Where do you rank these guys? Rank Kamara, well, it's, it's... McCaffrey, and Barkley. Okay, Barkley, Cav, McCaffrey, Kamara. That's easy. That's easy for me. Like, I, I do think I think I think Kamara is better than Ezekiel Elliott. Like, I think Kamara yeah. is probably like the third best running back in the NFL. And, and uh, listen, when I say best, and, and I, I didn't exactly what, guys, mean number the one. Bucks play, the Bucks play all three within you know weeks uh, two to six. They play all three. So. Well, I'll tell you this: into this rough road game stretch, the Bucks still have some. <laughs> Great running backs they have to play. That's the common theme uh, of what's going to be going on. They just yeah. got to keep doing what they've been doing. After their bye week, Derrick Henry. <sighs> then week nine, Seahawks, not too bad. Chris Carson, he's decent. But then David Johnson, who can kill you if you let him. Then Kamara again. And then Devonta Freeman, who has killed the Bucks in the past. Who has yet to show up this season. Well... And then Leonard Fournette, who's having a very good year. He's so Ran far. for 220 yards today. Yeah, he, well, he ran for 190 yards in the second half. Like dude, a dude, Leonard Fournette, a guy who everyone dismissed as a bust about this time a year ago. I, I mean, of course, you got to be consistent and you got to have games yeah. like that. Not regularly because it's 200 freaking yards, but you know what I'm saying. He's got to get more yeah. consistent, but a great yeah. day for him. Well, anyways, but yeah, Bucks deep run defense is good. Pass defense needs a lot of work. Um, Jordan Whitehead I thought was good. Mike Edwards I thought was decent. Um, for safe safety wise, uh, one thing now let's touch on uh, Carl Nassib. Uh, yeah. So there was, for people who don't know, there was a, a fourth and one on when the Rams were were looking, I believe, to tie it. It was forty eight to forty. Um, and Nassib just jumps, and you know, I you can hear him. It, the camera, the mics picked it up. He said, "That's a false start, false start." And it turns out that it, they called encroachment and just gave the Rams a free first down. If you look at the replay, the linemen the refs, moved. The refs just missed the call. They just completely missed the call. NASA was right, but he should react a better way. He, instead right. of jumping right away, he next time he up. should just stand up and point. Just stand up and just yell and point and try to get so much attention, and they will call it. Like, they'll call it. And I'm, but the ref never saw it, and all they had to go on was Nassib just jumping right across and making contact with the lineman, and that's why they called it. So, well, let's be fair. At this point in the game, and I mean, I'm not – I can't speak for Carl Nassib. I don't know how he was feeling, but I know that if I was a player in Nassib's shoes, I know the way that I'd be feeling. At this point in the game, how many BS calls – did the Buccaneers have against them on defense? Um, I can't roughing the passer. Yeah, there's a few. There's a few roughing the passer ones that were kind of bad. Um, kind of bad. <laughs> uh, I mean, they missed a ton of holes. I swear to God, the Rams held Shaq Barrett on sixty percent of the plays. Yeah, like they missed a ton of holes. I understand you can call holding on any play if you actually want to. Um, but I mean, there was some like, and there was one. I, I forget if it was on. The Rams on it was on the Rams, but I forget if it was the Rams defense or offense. They it grabbed grabbed this dude like by the throat. Like 
I think oh, it was on it was on the Rams the Rams defense. I think they grabbed Ali Marpet or something like by the throat, and I was like, man, I was yeah. like, there's no call there. So yeah. uh, refs are bad; they're always you know going to be bad. You just got to deal with it. You know, I actually learned a new rule today in the NFL, and I didn't know that you could get a penalty for it. I honestly did not. Uh, roughing the long snapper. I didn't yeah, know that was, because I didn't know that uh, was a thing. And I had it explained to me actually afterwards. I was like. Because I saw Samur Ali on Twitter is like a graphic designer dude. He has his own podcast. Check it yep. out. He's, yep. he's a good dude. And he said, you know, like how how is a, a long snapper considered a defenseless player if he's allowed to block defenders? And uh, Chris, uh, not Chris Myers, uh, Johnston, uh, some I forget his first name, um, Daryl Daryl Johnson. Um, he explained it and and basically said that on the broadcast like. The fact that the long snapper had his head still down, that's that marks a defenseless, defenseless player. If he has his head up, then he's good and he can block. But since uh, Nacho made contact when he had his head down, that made, was the reason he called it. Made um, contact? He blew his ass up, man. <laughs> well, speaking of blowing somebody up. Donovan Smith nearly decapitated Marcus Peters. He's probably going to get fined before the. Oh end yeah, of he's week. definitely going to get fined. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's, that's, I'm surprised he didn't throw the flag. That was helmet to helmet, and yeah, yeah, um, yeah he got so, away with that one. And at first, I honestly forgot that that Peters had gotten like hit like that, and like the like five minutes later, they're like, oh, Marcus Peters out of the game. I was like, this dude got burnt by Mike Evans, came back, picked six, and then just left. I was like, what the heck? And, and then, and then I remembered. I was like, "Oh, that's right." Like I was like, "Donovan Smith hit him." Um, anyways, there was uh, there was one other. I think. Um, oh, um, the running into uh, the fair catch interference. Yeah, that was kind of late. I don't remember. I don't remember the player, but he like Sean Murphy. Up and he, Sean Murphy Bunting. He ran stepped, into him. He stepped on his foot though. Yeah, but I don't know. Like the the fair catch was late, and Bert Murphy Bunting's already so close. Like right. I get out. I was like, if I was a return man, I'd do that every time. I would right. fair catch late, and when you run into me, I'd get fifteen extra yards. Like I I don't I don't know. I don't really like that rule. I don't yeah, know. it's it was strange, but the whole I mean, what about this game was normal? Like the first half was kind of normal. Well, it really wasn't because the Buccaneers were blowing out a you know an NFC contender, but. Um, yeah, okay, none of this game was normal. I'm just going to say that. I, there's no way to sugarcoat it. Nothing in this game w- was normal. Well, we'll find out next week just how normal it is. Got a division game against the New Orleans Saints. If the Bucks can take control first half, not saying that they will, but if they can, then, <laughs> I mean, that just proves that this Bucks team might be the real deal. You give us a competent uh-huh. secondary, we'll be a scary team. But, I wait uh, to the bye week. I wait to the bye week. It's, these next two games are gonna be big, you know. Yeah, they're, they're division both games, and if, if you win both of these, you take full control of the division, and you are four and two at the bye week. So yeah, no reason if you're four and two at the bye week and beat both teams like decent wins, like you don't have to blow them out, but like you beat both teams not by like a fluke or like a call that you know I uh, kind of shouldn't have been or something like that like if you feel like you just like earned the win i think a lot of fans are gonna be like in on this team absolutely uh, and and you know and it would be well earned but gotta do it first so we'll yeah. see and that's a big thing back-to-back division games a lot of weight in those games but uh you got a chance to beat new orleans and set the tone for that second game with them and i can't of course, even remember last time bucks won three straight games 
Well, probably. I remember they probably start... the freaking probably the freaking five game win streak in 2016. Like, yeah, I was that's just probably about the last time they won three straight games. Just about to bring that up, and uh, one of the big one of the big heroes of that five game win streak, Keith Tandy. Uh, we here at CFP had an interview with Keith oh, Tandy yeah. a little while ago. Good so if you haven't, yeah. Ooh. If you haven't checked that out, make sure you do. It's here on the YouTube like channel and anywhere you're listening. So uh, yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people don't know that because like we didn't have too many people listening to the show when we had Keith Tandy on, but it was a great uh, conversation that we had with him. So go check that out. I think it's episode like 41 or 34. Yeah, and guys, or something that was like in that. like January. Just to show you how far the show's grown, um, that was in like January. So um, let's stop being sidetracked and let's get back to the game. <laughs> stop talking um, about ourselves here. It's not stop, about yeah, us. Stop, stop gloating. Um, <laughs> and yeah, let's get back to the, the craziness of this game. So, like, so before the game, you said you were nervous. Oh yeah. When did you start to become confident? Uh, I like, did. Like, like, at what point were you like, yeah? Because you I, sort I of seemed to be texting me like you were pretty confident. Uh, well, you know, it was one of those things where in the back of my mind, yes, I want to believe that this team can put it together and they can win. Um, but they're still, when watching a game, especially like this one, there's still a huge chance and a huge possibility that they can just blow this lead because we saw it's it last week. Yeah, It's because of the secondary, but we saw it last week, and it's the same thing every single time when it happens. You get a quarterback, he gets hot, gets big chunk gains, they get down the field, they score a touchdown when they need to, and then the offense for the Bucks stalls out, and then it's game yep. over. We see it well, time and time again. You know, and this, is sort of, this is horrible to complain about. Like, this is you know kind of dumb to even complain about. But my, you know, one of my biggest gripes with the Bucks' offense was they scored too quick. Like, what? They, what? They, they did. Like, like okay. When I'm talking about taking control of a game, scoring, taking a, a drive six minutes and scoring, that is taking full control of a game. When they, you know, when that long ball to Mike Evans went, that was the second play of that drive. That they had the ball for thirty, like thirty seconds. Okay. And the Rangers went down in two minutes and scored again. That's why I was like, this game's not going to end until somebody has a long drive. Like, and and either it like it was either going to end when the Bucks got a turnover on defense, or the Bucks offense had a long drive and scored a touchdown. They almost scored a touchdown on a long drive, and we'll actually get to that probably next. Um, which I have a few problems with with the way that whole thing was managed. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But and then what? Well, what else happened? The Buccaneers got a. A turnover, and that was the difference. That and iced the game. So that's what was going to happen. Now, I'm not actually like sitting here angry that they scored too quick because I said, I was like, man, like that took 30 seconds. Like the other one, like I was like, man, if you can take it into the fourth quarter and score a touchdown, that's great. He scored a touchdown the first play of the fourth quarter, took five seconds. I was like, okay, like, like good. Like if you're still scoring touchdowns, I don't really care. But like, can you, like, just, 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 Save me a little bit of like stress, um, and just take time. Like I guess I don't know. Um, no, like I kind of get what you mean because what this like, game dude, turned if into. They had, if they had a five six minute drive and that ended with a Mike Evans touchdown instead of that long ball, the game's over. Like right, you, you leave a lot less time on the clock, and the Rams, a, a team who was able to move the ball on offense today, they can get down there fairly quickly. So I, I totally get what you mean, um, but at the end of the day franchise record bro i guess i'm not actually sitting here complaining like 
yeah, uh, you know, when he you scores know, fifty-five points. It, it's hard to complain about the offense. It exactly. really is. Yeah, even yeah. though technically they scored forty-eight, but uh, it is what it is. But uh, let's talk about one more thing, and then we'll kind of break down that one drive you were a little upset with. Uh, we haven't really talked about the running game today. And oh, Ronald Jones, dude, he got robbed of a hundred-yard game. Oh. Um. Peyton Barber came out. He was really getting the majority of the snaps first half. Well, got first, the first quarter. Touchdown. Got the first touchdown. Yes, he sure did. But he just wasn't really producing the way that you wanted to. He was getting eaten alive by that Rams defensive line. And, I mean, that's what his job was. His job was to go out there, put his shoulders down, hit people, and let Ronald Jones clean up the mess, which is exactly what we had hoped for. Ronald Jones, 19 attempts, 70 yards, 3.7 yards per carry average. Uh, one touchdown, and then one reception. Um, yep. And like I said, he was robbed of a 100-yard game because he and, had two yep. huge runs. Huge one for, runs. One for 25 and one for 50. Huge runs. The biggest runs of his NFL career were brought back because of stupid penalties. And, and, and uh, some of them I thought were kind of ticky-tack. There was one with the O.J. Howard holding. Yeah, yeah. That was ridiculous. I don't understand. You even saw you even saw B.A. If One of my favorite things to do on game day is to watch B.A.'s reaction watch. and, like, read his lips. You know what I'm saying? I love it, dude. He was hawking spit. He was mad. But I'll say this. He's been drinking his water. Preseason, when he was getting that mad, he was getting beat mad, he was turning beat red. But uh, he he looked cool, calm, and collected even when he was screaming his head off. And so uh, yeah, I, in the preseason, I was like concerned for that guy's like yeah. health is a concern with Bruce Arians. Like it is. Like, Absolutely, he's been in the hospital a lot. Like it, it's happened. So like when you see him on the sidelines during a preseason game, a preseason game, <laughs> yelling and just his face turning, just like looks like Clifford. Right. Like, yeah. I'm like oh my. god. God, like this guy's gonna <laughs> die or in the sidelines. He looks like the logo on the flag when he got that angry. Uh, but but yeah, he did. While he was getting angry today, he did look a little better. Uh, kept his composure. The the his Bruce skin. Arians health update, guys. <laughs> right, yeah. So uh, if something happens, you know, next man up. So I'm sure we have a second string head coach hiding around there somewhere. Um, <laughs> but he's drinking his water. He was getting mad, and uh, he wasn't beat red. So you love to see that from your head ball coach. But, yeah, but yeah, the OJ Howard that was, and they also called on Bobo Wilson. I thought it was more on Bobo Wilson than OJ Howard, um, even though I think both were like, if you didn't call him, it would have been fine, right? Like if you didn't call him, you would have been just fine. Um, so let's talk about that drive that you were concerned with. This team still relying on the run game too much to me. Um, they're running the ball on first down still a whole lot, and yeah, I don't like ton, it. A um, ton. Like, and I got I got flack for that on Twitter. I was like, they're running the ball a lot on first down and going nowhere. And they're like, dude, why you always got to say negative things? I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, you know, I can't I, I, say a thing. I was talking to Tommy, and he had said – uh, he, he's like, oh, well, you know, B.A. said that you got to run on first down and set up the pass on mm. second down to maybe run on third down if you have to. And I get it, but when it gets to the point where it's the most predictable thing you're doing on offense, yep, teams, exactly. are, teams are sniffing that out quick, and it, it, it's not going anywhere. So I do you know agree what else, with you. You know what else makes me angry? When you run constantly inside the five-yard line, like, what are you doing? Like, first well, down. 
the, to the, be the, the fair, after the, what? Okay, go go ahead. Are you talking I'm about a little spiel here? So. Are you talking about in the red zone or in your own five yard line? I'm talking. No, no, I'm talking about in the red zone. You're about to score. Okay, I mean. To be fair, I think you've got to come with a variety of looks. I, I think for a lot of people, they can say... They don't. Uh, they don't, but I think a lot of people have said, oh, well, the, all the Bucks have to do is start passing in the red zone to fix their offense and, and score some points. And sure, maybe half of that's true, but we saw it in the Philly-Green Bay game. All, if, if all you do is pass I, I in the know. end zone, sometimes it's not going to work. Well, yeah. I, I mean... Like, I totally get where you're coming from, but there is a fine line and there's a balance. So on, on that drive, let me I let me see. That was a scoring drive, so I might have to um, – Was it the three-point drive? The point they had it to was, it, it was the one where, yeah, Matt Gay kicked the field goal. It was the one, yeah, that, that Matt Gay had, had kicked the field goal. And the Bucs um, had an opportunity. If they scored a touchdown on that drive, it, it, been pretty, it pretty much would have been over. game over. But they game had to take three points, and it was something yep. we saw last week as well. It was 11 plays, 72 yards, five minutes. Perfect drive. Like, literally a perfect drive. You were, you know, milking clock. Uh, Ronald Jones had a great 24-yard run, which was uh, a, fantastic, a fantastic run. Just oh, dude. He, absolutely he was, fantastic. There was, a, there was a point, if it's the one I'm thinking of, there was a point where, like, I almost thought he was going to go out of bounds. He had a blocker yep. in front of him, yeah, and, and he just stops. he just bounced back inside yep. like it was nothing, and he picked up an extra so, five ten yards. It was beautiful. So that was fine, right? Like they did that. That was fine. And then you get in. They got to the LA six yard line after that. After that run, they went to the six yard line. Okay. From there, they put Peyton Barber in and ran straight up the middle, and didn't get for, anywhere. Negative, negative one yard, okay? And, okay, and running it on first down, I still have a problem with it, but right there, whatever. The next play, I have an even bigger problem with, because that is freaking stupid. They run a toss play with Ronald Jones, and it loses three yards. I'm like, am I watching Dark Cotter? Like, what was that? Like, I don't, I don't understand that. And now I understand you didn't want LA to, you know, be able to have more clock because that allowed running the ball allowed them to take their timeouts and left left them with less. Yeah. Uh, and then the next play on the LA ten yard line after you lost four yards just because of running the ball, you lost four yards because the Rams are just that's what they're going to stop. They're going to want to stop that. You were forced to throw a quick screen to Dario Gambale that gained seven yards, and Matt Gay was able to hit the the chip shot field goal. But like, man, the play calling like inside the ten yard line when once they get inside the ten, it's got to be better. Like, yeah. And um, I'll say I'll, I'll say it, overall. It just, I'll say overall the red zone offense. I think they looked a little better. I think it they is, finally found a way. Fine. I mean, even all right. I think they've gotten better than what we had seen before, where you were they just scored leaving. two. They scored two red zone. To- no, no, three red zone touchdowns. Two Godwin ones, and then the um, no four. Yeah, two Godwin ones. Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones one, and then yeah. the Mike Evans long bomb was obviously whatever. I mean, I, I think they looked solid for what we could have asked for. Of course, there is room for improvement, especially when it comes to play calling. Uh, but two things that I took away from what you said. One that you mentioned was timeouts. Bucks did a much better job of managing their timeouts Time this man, week. Yeah, I, that I, was I mean, good, good point. I yeah. forgot about that. Like, and, and I mean, I'm that sure was a good time management. Being in the lead the whole game can help you manage your yeah. timeouts yeah. a little yeah. better. Yeah. 
But um, but either way, you know, the Rams were in a situation where they were down to their last timeout. Yeah, I and... just thought about that. Rams never led. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Rams never led the football game. Buccaneers bend, but don't break, and they bent quite a bit. Oh God, they were bending like a <laughs> straw, <laughs> like one of them bendy straws, you know? Like right? Yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, they got the job done. And again, final score: fifty-five to forty. And Damakasu, the icing on the cake, scoop and score to the house. God, that was great to see. I know we already Jack talked about Barrett, it, but man. I keep thinking Jack, about Jack it. Jack Barrett just—he put that spin move on that tackle, and that tackle could do nothing about yeah. it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Nothing. And uh, let's talk about some other things that this team did fairly okay. Oh, another thing uh, that I took away. From... See, like we said, guys, lots of things to go over. Like, yeah, it's it, like let's talk about this. Oh, there's this. Like, yeah, <laughs> this game just had like so much stuff. It, it was really when you have a game that you score this much. Both teams, like... Yeah, a, a ridiculous amount of points, 95 total points. There's a lot to talk about, and I'm sure we're missing some things, but we're doing as much as we can off the dome to try and talk about the highlights of the game. Uh, but we had talked about the time management, and uh, another thing as well... Um, God, I, I honestly think I forgot. Oh, man. Yeah. <sighs> I was on a roll. It's late. It's it's ten forty five right now. It's to be late. fair, yes, it is late. It's been a very very exhausting game, a very exhausting day from start to finish. But regardless, Buccaneers win, and uh, victory Monday, baby. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, gonna have. To, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's um, first victory Monday of the year actually, because technically yeah, the Buccaneers yeah, had a Friday. victory Friday, so. Is actually their first victory Monday, so. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's just uh, obviously they're not going to score fifty-five, like probably ever again this season. Um, like you know, that was a franchise record. They're not going to. I would highly doubt they're going to score fifty-five points again this season. Ah, um, uh, there you go, being all negative again. Evan. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm the worst. I just am. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Um, but like if, if this offense can continue to produce, like they're going to, it seems like the defense is almost regressing and that's very concerning. Um, I, I like, I, I did point out though, like they faced a good offense this week and they were able to do enough. Um, and honestly the turnovers were the difference. Um, but if, if this defense can continue to force turnovers, the offense can continue to limit turnovers and the offense can, you know, be efficient. I mean, they're still efficient on third down. Um, if they can continue to be that efficient on third down, you know, they might have something here, and they might go on a little run here that, you know, can catapult them into first place in the NFC South and um, have them feeling, you know, good 4-2 at the, the bye week. I mean, that'd be huge. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I can't stress that enough, how big that is. Uh, I don't know if the if the Buccaneers recently have ever been, you know, two games over five hundred at the bye week. Right, uh, and and you know now's the time. Atlanta has just looked awful. Um, you know, dirt cutter, but uh, Drew Brees, you you're, know, you're missing Drew Brees Drew in Brees, New Orleans yeah, Drew for Brees a little while. Out. Drew Brees is going to be out till like week eight, week nine. Um, Cam Newton, you don't know. Cam Newton, they don't know on a week to week basis. They don't know who their quarterback's going to be. So, like, yeah, they got a good win in Houston. I, I didn't think they were going to win, but whatever. Like, I've still. 
I don't think Carolina is that great. But either way, um, if you're gonna if you're gonna make noise in the division or at least finish second in the division this year, this is the year to do it. Like if you finish third or even fourth, like that's bad. Like maybe not third, but definitely fourth because the Falcons, man, Falcons are one and three right now. Um, I'm not sure who they have next week, but they're one and three, and and you you know you'll probably I think end up splitting with them. Um, as I predicted with every division opponent, but I think might we change for the Panthers game. Might change for the Panthers game. I'm not sure. Nah, I'm it, I'm doing it on a week to week basis, man. Like yeah. I'm really not <laughs> sure. Like the Saints game, I had a predicted score in mind before this uh, Rams game. Yeah, might be a little bit higher now for both teams. Uh, I'm not going to give any clues. Just wait till Friday um, when the prediction comes out. But uh, yeah, it's. You know, it was a big win, but I mean, they're they are. I, I think it's a big win, but people need to remember that the Buccaneers, where they are at right now, are where people actually thought they were going to be anyway. Um, two and two, like you thought they were going to be one and one. You got all hype after the Carolina game, and it was like, okay, this is the turning point. And then you lose to the Giants, and you're like, oh my god, this team is the worst team ever. And then, like, literally, people were saying, okay, season's done. Um, yeah, well, that that's people. Now, that's not, uh, now is I, I don't think that's you or like, I. What's up? I said, yeah, but that that's people. And uh, that's just... But that's not that, even me. Like, yeah, the, that's the, people. You know, I, I am apparently, like, the worst person ever to talk about the Bucks, And I didn't even say that because that's just stupid. You know, uh, in the Buccaneers fan base, we make fun of a lot of the Buccaneers fan base a lot. So I'm sure they're ruthless. I'm sure, Some I'm sure are ruthless to each other, man. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. I won't Especially lie. I love everyone. I love uh, after a loss, you better stay away from Twitter. Oh my god! I love everybody. I don't have any issues with anyone in the Buccaneers fandom. You can have an opinion. You're allowed to have whatever opinion you want, even if it's wrong. Not according to some people. Not according a, some people. You are not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really. But. It is pretty brutal to watch sometimes, and there are some pretty hilarious takes that we see week in and week out. I mean, just based on what you described, brutal to watch, hilarious takes. It sounds like you're describing a Bucks game, <laughs> right? Right? Uh, yeah. So, big big test in New Orleans, and like I said, they, this if they drop both games in New Orleans and Carolina, this win does not matter because they are two and four, and in the bye week, and you just lost two division games. And yeah, you're gonna be sitting at third or fourth place in the division, and you're gonna have to dig yourself out. So no, you gotta are... build it week to week, and time to you know Bruce Arians keeps saying stack up W's, just time to stack up W's. And um, before be before we uh, we we end this here, which is gonna be uh, coming in the next few minutes, I did want to send um, my condolences to the Light family. Yeah, uh, for the passing uh, of Jason Light's father uh, last night. Uh, the uh, you know uh, abrupt passing of, of Jason Light's father, Jason Light, GM of the Buccaneers. Uh, he was with the team in LA, Jason, uh, and was informed that his father you know had died, and he had flew back to Nebraska and was with Nebraska. It was with Nebraska, was in Nebraska with his family um, today, and um, you know the, the Buccaneers even said Mike Evans said he wanted to really honor his general manager today, the guy who you know gave him a shot, you know. Mike Evans was Jason Light's first hour draft pick, so and I think the Buccaneers honored him uh, pretty good today by by uh, by winning the football game. And uh, like I said, just want to send my condolences um, to Jason Light and the the entire uh, the entire Light family. 
Absolutely. We here at CFP, just like Evan said, send our condolences to the Light family. Uh, but a great showing by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and really going out and representing for their general manager in uh, this time of sorrow, unfortunately. But I do have one more thing that I do want to touch on before we get out of here. And uh, we talked about on the preview show, three of our five points on the checklist were Block, Aaron, Donald. Oh, checklist. Forgot and I'd checklist. say... And I'd oh say, my goodness, Alex Kappa, hello. I would say Aaron Donald was fairly quiet today, and you Aaron love Donald to see like that. Aaron Donald looked like a, a probably above average defensive lineman, not the beast like he is, right? But probably think, an above average. I because, think Brock like, I mean, showed just, up more he, than him. There was a few plays I was like, okay, like Aaron Donald got the best one there, but yeah. um, he there's only three plays I can think of where he actually made an impact. The Bucks did an absolutely fantastic job. Yeah, um, and even like. Pass rushers, Michael Brockers, Dante Fowler. Like, the Bucks' offensive line doesn't get enough credit for this win. I mean, they did a fantastic job of protecting James Winston. And that's a big thing about this unit. We keep saying it, but it's probably the most improved part of this football team oh, sure. is just this offensive line unit. And if I can remember correctly, other than the O.J. Howard holding penalty, on the offensive line, I don't think they had any penalties today, did they? <sighs> I had to go back and check, but I'm really not sure. I don't think so. I, I uh, I a lot of the Bucks' penalties were on defense, so I, I really don't think so. I want to say they didn't, and if they didn't, then that's fantastic because one of the biggest things that we had said uh, was this team, this offensive line, ha has just got to clean themselves up penalty-wise. And, yes, there were a few that were preventable today, mm -hmm. but we kind of broke most of those down. But big kudos to the offensive line. They have been doing a great job and uh, really looking to carry the momentum and keep those guys healthy because Ryan Jensen, another name on that list that was kind of a game-day decision thing. So good. Yeah, he's having a great year. He has cleaned himself up, and like I said on Twitter, he's my favorite guy to watch on that offensive line. But ladies and gentlemen, that's just about going to do it for this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and watching with video if it was on YouTube or BucksReport.com or listening on any of our podcast-hosted sites or apps. Um, just thanks for tuning in. You can follow the show on social media. We are on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Cannon Fire Podcast on pretty much all of those. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. You can follow my co-host, Evan, Mr. Bucks Football, on Instagram and Twitter at Bucks Wave. And uh, big shout-out to our sponsors, Pinecrest Printing and Signs. Do you need an image for your business? Well, Pinecrest Printing and Signs has got you covered in more ways than one. They've been providing the Tampa Bay business community with quality commercial printing and design since 2001. Their printing professionals are ready to provide you with quality marketing solutions for today's industry. Vehicle wraps, wide format, banners like this one over my shoulder, the beautiful donated banner for CFP. Anything you need to enhance your image, these guys are on it. Give them a call at 813-684-5444. Or you can check out the website at pinecrestprinting.com. Buccaneers win a very, very crucial game to kick off one of the toughest road stretches in franchise history. 54 to 40, 55 to 40, excuse me. Yeah. Final score. And we'll be back with you guys Thursday previewing everything you need to know about the New Orleans Saints game. I am Rhett, signing off for Evan, and we'll catch you next time. Go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.